Whenever you're ready, I'd like you to invite people, situations, or animals to come stand at the pond with you. As they join you, see their beautiful lights reflected back into the pond. This pond is starting to fill with all the beautiful lights of all the animals you know, the people, anyone who needs healing, even situations. And as you stand by the ponds, looking at all the lights being reflected, including your own, realize that your light is filling this pond with compassion, joy, love, but it's also being filled by the animals, by the people, by the situation, their light, love, compassion, is also filling the pond. As your light is being reflected back to you, you realize that this is a space of giving and receiving. Your light gives healing, love, and compassion, but it also receives love and compassion. Maybe the animals drink out of the pond. Maybe you even drink out of the pond. Or just put that fresh, refreshing water on your face, feeling the coolness, the cleanliness of it, cleaning you. Cool water is so refreshing. You feel renewed. And I'd like you to slowly bring yourself back, but keep that expansive feeling of filling the pond and also that feeling of giving and receiving with you, that openness. Reiki, we always want to be open to not only giving but to receiving because there is much to be received by the animals in our life. I'm going to start tonight with a discussion about um, the animals and how we approach them. We always want to approach the animals by asking their permission. And it's very simple to do this. You just ask the animals, would you like Reiki? Are you open to Reiki? Are you open to exchanging healing energy with me? And it seems kind of silly, but the animals really do understand us. And when you're doing that, you have to be aware. It's always good to have your eyes open, but when you're offering Reiki to an animal, you also want to keep your eyes kind of down to the side. You don't ever want to be staring at them because that can be a sign of conflict or a sign of aggression. So you always want to keep your eyes downcast, or even if it's a scared or maybe aggressive animal, you just turn to the side and just create that Reiki space, that Reiki bubble, and let your energy just kind of seep out. Your energy, when you're in that really balanced space, when we practice the precepts, that's what brings us to that balanced space of no anger, no worry, humility, honesty, and compassion. When we're in that space, it's a very healing space for animals at the shelter or animals that are sanctuaries or animals that are stressed or sick or need healing. When we create that beautiful space of balance, that is something that is natural to them. It's not actually natural to us. We have to constantly work to get to that place. But for animals, 
that's the place they can go to easily, except for when they're in stressful situations, and then they kind of lose it. So that's why it's so important for us to get in that space and remind them that they have it in them. And all the times that I've gone to shelters and practice, well, practice and offered healing to animals, the, the really stressed out animals, they start to remember that that place is within them. And after four or five treatments, you'll see a huge difference in them. They start to become more calm. They start to let people in their, you know, apartment or their cage or wherever they are. They start to bark less. They start to engage more. And it's something that it's really hard to verbalize or define in a shelter, especially I remember when I was in Silicon Valley and and offering Reiki, it was funny because the the volunteers and the staff, they called Reiki Reiki, so they didn't even have the name right. But then they would also, they didn't, they would know that, like, the animals I worked with would get adopted and they would be calmer, but it was more that they noticed that I was calm. So they would put me in with aggressive or stressed animals because they would say, oh, you're always calm and it seems to have a nice effect on them, but they wouldn't ever admit that it was Reiki. And that was okay. It's okay for people not to admit that Reiki is working, but it is good that they notice that when you are with the animals, that you're always calm, you're always in that loving space, you're always in a very compassionate space. And there is no judgment in that space. And even with the volunteers and other people, you never have judgment. And it's really healing for the animals. And you'll notice that when you do that, huge changes can take place. But I also have to say that sometimes huge changes take place and accidents happen. So there was this one dog I was working with in the shelter, Minnie, she was a little um, rat terrier, and she would not stop barking. She was really stressed out, really just um, unhappy because she had been taken to the shelter after 10 years of being with one person because that person's partner didn't like Minnie, so she had to give her up. So it was a really bad situation for Minnie. So myself and another um, Reiki practitioner worked with Minnie, and we did I think it was two weeks when we finally started to notice that Minnie was really changing. People could go into her apartment. She wasn't stressed out. She wasn't barking. She was just a really, turning into a really lovely dog, turning back into her real self. So she was adopted by a woman who I guess she probably saw one or two episodes of Caesar's Milan, Caesar Milan's uh, you know, dog whisperer. So she decided to do dog whisperer techniques with Minnie. And she put food down and then put her foot in front of the food, and Minnie nipped at her. So she brought Minnie back. And then the um, shelter put a muzzle on Minnie that was too big. So Minnie got out of the muzzle and nipped a shelter um, worker. So then Minnie was put in quarantine, and they decided Minnie was too aggressive to adopt out, and she was going to have to be put down. And this was really sad and stressful for the other Reiki Reiki practitioner, Judy, and I. But we always have to remember that Reiki isn't going to make everything better. Reiki isn't going to change a situation. And sometimes it's almost better for the animal to be put down because we don't know what that animal is experiencing. And for many, it was very obvious that she came back stressed, she was back to her old self, and it wasn't a happy situation. And the best thing we can do is just support her, and no matter what happens, without any judgment. And it was really hard not to judge the um, shelter for putting her down because we felt like Minnie was adoptable, 
but it's not for us to say. And who knows, maybe it was Minnie's journey. Maybe Minnie wanted to leave. And so all we can do as Reiki, as Reiki practitioners is just support that situation, support Minnie, support the staff, because it's very hard to euthanize dogs. If you're in a kill shelter, and a lot of shelters are kill, I mean, they may say that they give dogs a chance, but with a dog like Minnie, they will put them down. And you have to be in the right state of mind. And to be in that right state of mind, it's really important to practice the precepts because the precepts will keep you in that space without judgment. So Judy and I were lucky enough to be with Minnie when she was euthanized, and we did Reiki and we helped support her. And all we can do is just hope that she felt love and compassion and that she was calm. And she was calm when she was put down. Um, the shelter gave her like a McDonald's hamburger and, you know, everybody was giving her love. But it's still a sad situation. So when we go into shelters or when we go into sanctuaries or even when we go into people's homes and it's not an ideal situation and there is stress by the owners or by the shelter or by the sanctuary or you feel that the animal is in stress because of the people that care for it. You really need to stay in that space of the precepts and go in there without judgment and also not only send Reiki to the people, I mean to the to the animal, but also to the people because they also need Reiki. And you will be really surprised at how Reiki bleeds out. Like you may be sitting with an animal and offering Reiki, but your energy bleeds out to everyone around you. Your Reiki body is like the sun. Your energy is going out to anyone and everyone that needs it and that is open to receiving it. So always remember that you embody Reiki, and when you go to that shelter and you practice the precepts and you sit with an animal, you are not only healing that animal, you're healing yourself and everyone around you. It is a really important thing to remember that this is a giving and receiving flow. And so when we go into shelters, we really have to be mindful that we have zero judgment, that no matter how bad the situation that we always sit without judgment and just offer love and compassion because that's what we would want. We don't always make the right decisions, but we always want to be treated with compassion. So I'm going to open it up um, now. Actually, I'm going to share one homework assignment um, that Laura sent in, and then I'll open it up. So Laura said that she shared the healing bridge meditation with her neighbor's dog, um, Sloan. He's... Uh, a Katrina rescue and is now quite old and having some medical problems. Sloan had a brother for many years, a wonderful dog named Champ. Last year, the family decided to put Champ down after he nipped someone. His life with his family had been difficult, though no fault of his own. During the meditation, Champ appeared on the bridge, then came right over to Sloan and laid down next to him. Sloan let out a huge sigh and his relaxation deepened. They lay like this for the entire time, and the healing for Sloan was palpable. One thing that came up for me was having difficulty with the energy in their house. I had asked that they give us time for the meditation, and they did, but without going into detail, this is a home with much sadness, anger, and negativity. I wasn't entirely comfortable and finally visualized a protective bubble around Sloan, Champ, and me, and used the Choku Rai symbol. This worked, but if you or any of our wonderful group members have suggestions for other ways 
they have used to create safety and calm in an environment you can't control, I would very much appreciate it. Peace and love to you all, Laura. So, again, that's a situation where when we sit down, and we're not always going to be in ideal situations, which is why it's so important to do our practice, not only sitting quietly in our little namaste position, but also when we're walking, when we're working, when there's stressful situations around us, that we really go to that place of calmness and breathing, making that connection to the earth, making that connection to the sky, heaven energy, and just really feeling that balance within ourselves and making that heart connection. That heart connection is so important. And when we do that, we not only send Reiki to the animal, but also to the people. And really quickly, I'll share a story that my friend Lindsay and her um, boyfriend Lalu, they had three cats. And Lindsay had a cat, Minu, who had been with her for 29 years. Um, she'd had her cat since she was, I don't know, eight or seven or eight. So this cat had been with her for most of her life. And Minu um, was starting to go and she was experiencing difficulties, and the family was very, very stressed. So I went over there four days a week for a couple weeks and offered Reiki. And while I was doing that, you could feel that Lalu and Lindsay were starting to calm down, and they were starting to accept that Mino was going to pass. And a day came where Minu had gone to the vet, and the vet said it was time to put her down, and Lindsay felt like Minu wasn't ready to be put down. So we talked, and she took Minu home, and Minu was around for a couple more weeks. We continued Reiki with her. And when Minu finally passed, and this is, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. When Minu passed, there was another cat in the house, Buddy, who had been with Minu for 20 years. And when Minu passed, it was the first sunny day in like three weeks of rain. And um, when she passed, it was sunny, and they opened the sliding glass door for her and she passed away in her little pink bed and it was it was really important because Mina was actually able to pass the way she wanted to pass and what was also important was Buddy who had been with her for 20 years was able to say goodbye and he wrapped his little body around hers and stayed with her for like an hour after she passed saying goodbye and so my point is is that when we do that, we not only support the animals, because definitely we supported Buddy and Minu, but we also supported the people. And Lalo and Lindsay, as sad as they were to say goodbye, they were also okay with saying goodbye, because the Reiki had really helped them, too, to come to terms with Minu's passing. So even though you go into a really bad situation or a really stressful situation or a negative situation, the best thing you can do is offer Reiki to the family, to the situation, and just know that Reiki is going to go where it's needed. And trust, trust that energy, because that energy is really powerful. And it's like I shared with the distance connection with the tigers. It is so powerful, and I was lucky enough to have that confirmed by the tigers, and that doesn't happen very often. But you have to know and trust that your energy, when you're in that space of the precepts, is very strong and very healing and very powerful. So I'm going to open it up now. Um, 
go ahead and start with Deanna. They see that she's on the call. Oh, wait, sorry, wait just a second. Sorry, I think I have to unmute you. I think I muted you. Sorry, just one moment. Let me. Yeah, I said that was very. Sorry, Deanna. Sorry about that. I I had muted you, so sorry about that. No, that's okay. I was saying that was a very touching story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I know, the two cast, I could picture that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, um, share Reiki at the shelter like I do once a week. And I did the Joshin Koki Ho with uh-huh. a couple of the cats. And, you know, they were cats that are angry or really skittish. And, you know, they relax. And even <clears throat> the uh, cat coordinator came in to the room with where I was with one of the cats and said, boy, he looks really calm. But the interesting thing was I went over to the dogs, the dog side after that. <clears throat> and um, there's another volunteer who is um, took Reiki 1 and 2. And she works with the dogs and cats, and she um, pointed out, you know, she points out which dogs I can work uh-huh. with. So I sat in the cage. Um, I actually sat in the front cage with uh, Mandy, who is a little chihuahua who is afraid of everything. <clears throat> so um, she sat, she was in her back cage as far away as she can get, like against the door in her back cage. And I stayed where I was, and I did a healing bridge meditation. And she was like sitting up and very hyper vigilant, and I just I just kept meditating, meditating, meditating. And at one point, I looked up, I looked around, and I didn't see her, and I realized that she was laying down. So for her, that was huge, you know, yeah. to just be able to relax and lay down. Um, and then I had to shift my body, shift positions a little bit, and she sat up, you know, she bolted upright again. But um, you know, and then when um, the other volunteer said the next day, like, how did it go? You know, you know, I'm not going to, I wasn't expecting um, or had any outcomes, expectations that, you know, she was going to be cured, quote, unquote, and she was going to come bouncing over to my side. You know, I said it was a good sign that um, she accepted the Reiki by laying down and, you know, I'm going to keep working with her. Um, but I thought that was, you know, just not having any expectations. And even though nothing major happened, it was just good to see, um, her accepting the Reiki because it was my first time in the cage with her. So, and that's important too. We have to let go of expectation because the animals are going to receive it however they want. So it's, it's really good that you just, you know, offered and then let go of that expectation that there should be something that happens because, they are receiving it, and the next time you go, it's going to be better, and the next time it'll be better. You know, we always suggest four treatments in a row, and the mm-hmm. first one can be in person, and then the next three can be distant. But mm-hmm. it's really important to support that animal four times in a row because Kathleen has found that that really is kind of a magical number for yeah. animals. And so you can really see a change because they – when you first go in with them, they're not really sure what's going to happen, right? Because they're expecting right. people to expect something out of them. And so when you're just sitting there offering that energy, you could see where they go, oh, this feels really nice. But then, like when you shifted, she sat up and it's kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? And mm-hmm. and that's okay, too. But always remembering that support them the next three nights. And maybe just even when you're going to sleep, if you don't have time to do a meditation, you just bring that cat to your mind 
and you make that connection, you do the precepts, but you just send some healing and a connection to that animal. Yeah, and I forgot to say, too, that um, I did add the symbol about halfway, and I think when I was really, really deep in the meditation after adding the symbol, that's when I, uh, you know, like after a while noticed that she was laying down, so it was after I had added the symbol. symbol. Yeah, and then next, well, our next lesson is going to be the Choku Ray symbol, and I think you're really going to find that doing the symbols the Japanese way and going inward and then doing the chanting is going to be really helpful for you, mm-hmm. and you're going to go even deeper. Okay. Thank well, thank you. you so much for sharing that. Sure. Um, Jalinda, would you like to share? Uh, sure. I um, I was having a hard time getting in a meditative space, but... I, I must have been doing something right because, or good, because I went the first time in the cattery uh, where all the cats are, and this one tabby cat who's since been adopted, I checked on the site before I got on, and when they're not on the site, they do their uh, update their site in real time. So she's been adopted, but um, I did, I tried the, uh, I don't know what I did. I can't remember. I didn't write it down. But this cat that the last week had just stared at me the whole time while I was there. Well, this cat happened to be out of the cage. And I was, I don't know, I just was having a hard time focusing. But that cat jumped up two different times and sat down beside me. And then one time she reared up and put a paw on either side of me, you know, like like a hug. And and then you just walked off, and then uh, before I leave, they let me take one of the sick animals. Well, the, and the two that I walked and just did a little short thing with, they're gone and adopted. And um, they let me take one of the sick ones out before I leave, but then I have to leave because, wow. you know, they don't want me around any other animals. Right. Um, so I took uh, this little guy, little dog named Titan out, and then I tried, well, I said, well, I'll try something different. So I tried the healing bridge meditation and still had trouble with it. Uh, but it seemed like that the Titan came about halfway across the bridge, but it seemed like he sat all around me and rolled in the grass and came up. And one time he touched my face with his nose, and then he walked around for a while and then seemed to walk back. Off, you know, back and forth on the bridge, but he did a lot of rolling <laughs> in the grass. But that was my experience. It wasn't so much inner as the behavior of the animals was touching. Oh yeah, and that, and you know what, and that's and that joy that they experience that we feel. That's really healing, right? I mean, yeah. You, you but I was just it. having trouble focusing, so I, you know, I don't know what my problem was, but. Hard to focus sometimes. I mean, especially sometimes when we're sitting with the animals and they distract us, or if we're in meditation and we're doing our bridge, and sometimes we just get lost. And it's just always important to remember that have compassion for yourself, yeah. practice oh. those precepts, and then just bring yourself back into that space. Because remember, we're not meditators, so this is really hard. Yeah. Well, I kept going back and forth, so, you know, I said, something would get me unfocused, and I said, all right, now I'm going back. <laughs> well, that's why it's so important to practice with a horse, because they will they know it even before you start to realize your thoughts are going. They just look at you and like, oh, no, mm-mm, 
not doing this, and they walk away, and you're like, oh, wait, 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 come back. I'm going to go back in there. So, yeah. But, you know, animals like cats and dogs are much more forgiving, and they're much easier, and I think that they kind of understand a little bit more, or they're a little more, um, I don't know, giving with us. But that's a beautiful meditation, and I think that next week when you do the chokure and we, we learn the chanting and just how to use it for ourselves, that will help you stay in that space. And then oh, also, good. The three diamonds is a really great exercise for that because if you just go back to, okay, I'm just going to kind of put my hands on my hara and then bring my hands to my upper hara and really feel that connection and mm-hmm. then just put a hand on your forehead and make that connection and come back down to your heart and then to your hara, always ending with your hara, that earth energy, that also I find is one of the most effective meditations for just bringing that energy back inwards and just creating that space of calm, balance, healing, and then you can really connect again. Okay. So, well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, Suzanne, would you like to share? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I also went to the our local cat um, rescue and I, I don't know if I've mentioned it before or not, but there are two cats that they have, and the way they advertise it on um, Facebook is we need someone to love and trust, and we're not doing well at the shelter. We need to be in a safe home. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to stay together. No one seems to see us, and we are so scared to be here. Um, <clears throat> so I went in, and I'd given these, two cats Reiki before because they've been there for probably I don't know maybe a month month and a half and so they had moved them into the back room because I went in and I you know went all through the shelter and so I asked I said where are Cooper and um, Taching and she said oh I don't know I don't know who those are I said well on your Facebook page and she's like well let me get let me go ask so she went in the back and she's like oh they're in the back because they're too afraid to be out front. So she invited me back, and I, um, <clears throat> I gave them Reiki. I, I started, I didn't give them offered. Um, so I just sat, and I did the bridge. Um, and I started with the Joshin Kokuho, and then I did the, the bridge meditation. And they, you know, and I offered, um, you know, take what you want if you don't want anything, you know, whatever. And... I didn't get, you know, I didn't feel like I got a yes or a no, so I just started, and, you know, they were just looking at me with their little big eyes, and um, they didn't seem, I mean, they didn't, like, scrunch themselves back to the back of the cage. They stayed where they were, but they just kept their eyes on me all the time, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I got, <laughs> got a little distracted because the manager was sitting right in back of me. So I really had to focus mm-hmm. um, and keep that focus. And I did use, I, I used the chokure, and that really did help bring me back to focus. Um, but, you know, I mean, I had to, I felt like I had to really work with it. I didn't have any problem with the, um, you know, the ebb and the flow of the energy at all. I felt like it, I could feel it in my fingers pretty strong, like almost like a, you know how when your fingers go to sleep? Right. That, that feeling in the tips of my fingers the whole way through. Um, 
but it was like, but bringing my mind, kept having to bring my mind back, you know, it's like, okay, forget what's behind you, you know, just focus on what you're doing. But, you know, I kind of then got that doubt thing going and I thought, I'm not doing any good for these cats at all. <laughs> and so at the end, at the very end, you know, I, I, I thanked them, I thanked Reiki, you know, I was pulling the energy back. And they both got up and they stretched, you know, they yawn. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. and that's why it's good just not to have judgment, to just trust. Yeah. But, but I know how you feel. It's really like you feel like you're on the spot. Or I think it was Jolinda that said before when she was in the cat room, if somebody else is in there, it is. You feel really awkward because you're not doing anything. And, if you know, if it makes you feel better, we don't want to be, like, petting the animals, like, you know, or, or engaging the animals in a, a playful way. But it's okay to, I know your cats were in a cage, but it's okay to just slowly, you know, pet their back if they come to you or mm-hmm. just keep your hand out. They might put their nose in it. Um, that's okay. But, yeah, it is a little bit disconcerting when you're sitting there and you feel like, oh, gosh, this person probably thinks I'm crazy because I'm just sitting here. But if you can let that go, and that's just the meditation. And also, it's important for us to realize that we can talk as we're doing our Reiki. We don't have to be silent because we can keep that energy with us and talk. And sometimes you'll notice that when you talk to people who are in the room with you and you're talking really slowly and really calmly and with that openness, and with that love and compassion, the animals start to relax because you're really relaxed. As you're talking, you're no longer tense because someone's in the room with you. You're just kind of talking, and you'll notice that they'll just kind of go, ah. Because even though we try not to have our attention on them, of course our attention is sort of on them because we're looking, are they are they reacting? Are they relaxing? And so if you can just kind of, if if someone's behind you and you feel like, oh, maybe I should engage a little bit, just remember you can still do that and still keep that space open, that you don't mm-hmm. have to be sitting there in silence. And that kind of helps you relax too. Well, I know that- when I'm out, you know, when I'm out in the front part, um, mm-hmm. I I don't have any problem out there. And I think it was just because the manager was there. Yeah. I think that's what kind of got me off a little bit. But they're yeah. very, you know, they're very, oh, yeah, come on in and, and get Reiki, sure. But it's like they don't really want to know anything about it. Right. At least at, at this point. And maybe it'll be different down the road. But I think that's a real good suggestion. Thank you that you said that because, you know, just if they're there and if they're going to start to work, you know, like do something at a cage next to you, yeah, to say maybe something but keep the voice yeah. down and keep it slow. But engage them maybe more. Yeah, and then they realize, too, that, oh, it's just not, she doesn't need total silence. Because that's one thing, like with shelters, they're really not sure when we go in there to offer Reiki. It's like, what does this mean, and what is it? And, you know, it's really important for us to to keep that space of, hey, we don't want to disrupt what you're doing, and so we mm-hmm. can offer Reiki in any circumstance. And so if people come in and talk, we can engage and still keep that space and that connection with the animal. And right. it's really, you know, when they see us do that too. I remember I went to this um, horse rescue and it was run by this man. He had rescued six 
really badly abused horses that he had really turned around, but one of them was having problems. And I went to offer Reiki, and he had no idea what Reiki is, but he trusted his friend Shelby, who brought me in. And he said, okay, so here's Will. Um, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm just going to sit here and offer Reiki, and if he wants to accept it, great. And if not, that's okay, too. But I'm just going to you know, kind of set the space and do a meditation. And he was like, oh, okay. And I did a meditation, and Will you know, started to relax, and he started to engage. And at the end of it... Um, he said, Sam said, wow, I had no idea. He said, that is like the best thing I've ever seen with a, with one of my horses. He's like, a lot of people come here, and they want to put the hands on the horse, they want to do something to the horse. And he said, and all you did was just sit there and meditate, and he totally engaged with you. And so it's really powerful when they see that because they realize, oh, wow, you aren't asking anything, and we don't have to change what we're doing to accommodate you. And I think that's right. really important for shelters to see that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's really great. And I'm so glad that it seems like all of you are going to the shelter, and that's so wonderful because these animals need the support because if you don't do it, who will? And um, I'm going to open it up now to um, Howie and Wendy, and they have a really special story to share. They just adopted a dog from a high-kilt shelter, and it's I'm so excited for them. And wow. so. Um, Howie and Wendy, if you want to start sharing, that would be so great. Hi, guys. Um, we had a, a really interesting experience this week. We've been um, uh, looking up the uh, uh, pet project uh, people here in Kansas City, all the no-kills uh, in Kansas City. They pretty much bonded together uh, various uh, organizations and such. And they kind of support each other, and, of course, the community supports them, too. We went to one the other day called Wayside Waves. There is, now, they, they, are a, they are a no-kill, uh, but they will euthanize on occasion, like you were saying a little bit ago, uh, Leah. Right mm-hmm. now, they've got, two, they've got two biters in there that are in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what they do is we went and uh, we looked these people up on the Internet to see which one, what, you know, what they were all about, and uh, we decided to make contact initially with the people at Wayside Waves and, uh, and the director and so on to see about going up there. So we happened to look, and of course, being animal lovers, we wound up on the, on the profile page, and we saw four or five of them. Oh, these are really you know, cool looking and pretty and this and that. And we'll go up and look at him. We saw one that was really sad looking in his profile picture. Just looked like a beat down, an oh. absolute beat down. And I said, oh, my God. And this, they, they named him Fling. That was his name up there. So <clears throat> we went up there Saturday, and we were talking to the director uh, of volunteer services and, and so on. And uh, they were very receptive to the idea of Reiki, the place she came from before this. Uh, the veterinarians were all about Reiki, which were really Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, they absolutely got the whole the whole thing. They knew what it was. They were very aware. And we gave her our business cards, Wendy and I, and they gave us our, theirs. Um, and we went to see the dogs, and, and we were looking around for them, and we went to see Fling, uh, particularly, uh, Abby and I, and uh, just absolutely fell in love with this dog. Just Aww. fell in love with him. And while some of the others were jumping around like, you know, take me, take me home, you know, and so on, this little guy was laying there like, oh, no one was going to want me. Oh. And his ears were his ears were just kind of down. He just, <laughs> he's just a pitiful little thing. And uh, God, we just fell in love. We had to have him. And and we ended up uh, going in, in the room with him. 
uh, it's a large enclosed room with, you know, chain link and, you know, all the stuff and cement all around. And it's a giant playroom, basically. But it's also a meeting room where you can get to know your pet, you know, your future pet, if you think you're going to like them and so on. So we went in there and we sat down and we just, uh, Wendy and I, we started kind of just projecting and, and just feeling him and letting him feel us. Well, I started talking to him and uh, he started settling down. He was he's a sweet little thing. And I kept asking him, what, what happened? What's, uh, what is this? What do you feel? Why are you so sad? Why are you so sad? And he would he'd come up and nuzzle and, and all that. And finally, about uh, we were there about, about oh, not quite 10 minutes. And he just said, okay, you want to know? I'll show you. I'll, I'll let you see. And my God. It was incredible. He let out a burst of just, I mean, almost like a blackness about the, just a little bit smaller than a basketball size in, in round. And it was, he was about two feet away from me looking at me when he did this. And this thing like a, like I said, smaller than a basketball just came and hit me in my face and my chest. And I, I couldn't believe how sad, how horrible, horrible whatever it was he experienced, how it made him so sad. And it just hit me. And I just started, I started crying, just tears started streaming down my face. I could oh. not believe the sad emotion. And the, the the woman that was there, one of the volunteers, I think it really surprised her. Um, and, and and Wendy goes, are you okay? And I said, yes. Yeah. oh, my God. I said, I just, he just let me feel what he's been feeling and what he feels. It was horrible, just absolutely horrible. And, we yeah, we got along good with the dog. He got along good with us, and we went home to bring Lulu, uh, the little Yorkie we have up there, uh-huh. to see if they're going to be compatible. Oh my God, he fell in love with Lulu immediately. He was very happy to be around the little dog. They've got a lot of Aww. pit bulls at this place. One of them's got his half of his right ear bitten off. They oh. some have been rescued from those. I know, I know. Some of the fighting organizations. Yeah. And 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 this and it just scares it just scares our dog to death. The one that we adopted. Um, like his name was Fling. Uh, we were up there for Reiki and, and to, to, to explain to them and so on. We didn't really have to because they were aware of it. And we took him, we named him Reiki. So That's so that, sweet. It, we thought it very appropriate. We, you know, Reiki is what drew us to him and him to us. Yeah. So, so we named him Reiki. Um, but he's a great dog. He's laying uh, um, at our feet right now. Uh, it's just, just a fantastic little thing. But, my God, it was horrible. It was just a horrible experience what – all the, the, the sadness inside it was just absolutely overwhelming, overwhelming. Well, um, and you know, Howie, I have to say that it's really great because I know that you practice a lot of different things and you're very grounded, and I feel like he could share that with you because you could handle it. And he was really you know, trying to see, can you handle this? Because I think a lot of times animals don't share with us because we're not in a space where we can handle it. Right, and I yeah, see, I asked him like four times, four different times. I asked him, what, mm-hmm. what's wrong? What's showing? And then he pretty much, he was looking almost dead at me. And he, you know, pretty much, you want to know? Here. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what he did. And that's what he did. This is, this is what. And I thought, oh, dear God. And I just, wow. It was, it was killer. It just was overwhelming. I just, tears, I started, tears just kind of started coming down my face. I said, oh, my God, Wendy. You, you know, you can't believe this. You just, I mean, it's unbelievable. And it's just, I, we just fell in love with him. And we've got him now. He's just a doll. He's just a good, he's an old hound dog. 
Oh, he's so cute. You sent me pictures, and just I'll send a picture to the class so they can see. He's just the sweetest, cutest little thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's about 15 pounds underweight. Um, He came from Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Uh, There was a a no-kill up there. They didn't have any more room. They had to transfer him. And these people work within with uh, with different states, which thank goodness they did, um, and uh, they had they have room available at Wayside Waves, and they brought him down. And uh, he's he's our dog. We made him ours. It was wonderful. And while we were there, I'd like to say too, this place adopted out twenty dogs on Saturday. Oh wow! No, oh, it was great. They had a great day. Very very busy. The parking lot was full. Uh, I mean, cars in and out, it was wonderful. It's a really neat place, and, and we're excited about starting uh, to, to work up there with them on a regular basis. We're going to take a couple of their training programs they have so that we can just go up there and get the dogs out ourselves. Yeah, and that's important, too. Um, that's yeah. that's oh, the yeah. point, because you have to go and volunteer as a regular volunteer and then become a Reiki practitioner sometimes. So that's, right, that and, is it, a and it's really important. And part. we're very excited they were, that they were so excited about the Reiki. And they, well, and they that's make this, so wonderful. Yeah, that they, rarely happens. Said, right, and they said, well, what kind, what kind do you like to work on? I said, we'll, we'll work on all of them. They're all, they're all here because, you know, because of various reasons. And mm-hmm. I said, we do everything from PTSD to whatever. She goes, what about biters? And I said, of course. I said, it would be wonderful for, for them as well. She goes, well, we've got two that you can work with. We'd really like to see something happen <laughs> with these two. Because they said, one of them has been here a year, and it's close to their time. Yeah. Yeah. And so that those two, I'd really like to get my hands on. One's a larger dog. One is a believe it or not, it's a little bitty dog. It's a small dog, and it just bites everything in in its world, oh. everything around it. You know, oh. but the one's been there a year, and they they only give them a year to re, to to you know yeah. get basically get them recalibrated to where they don't bite. And this one here is approaching a year, and they told me, uh, you know, this one here we need to work on pretty quick. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, what great timing for you all to be there. Um, and I think that that's really wonderful that they're so open to Reiki. That just rarely happens. Oh, and what we're really excited. Yeah, yeah I am yeah. excited for you. I think that this is going to be a great place we, for you all. We also we led them to your site too, Leah. We took them to Sarah. Oh, thank you. That's oh, great. Yeah, absolutely. We we that told them great. that we're we're in the class. We told them that we're taking your class. We're very excited about it and so on. Uh, and we took them right to you guys' site and and it helped explain what we're doing and what we're all about uh, because mm-hmm. it's what you're all about. So I mean, right. it, was, it, was, it was really neat. But you know what? And that brings up a really good point that I want to share with everyone in the class. If you need um, brochures, we have those great brochures that you can order from Print Place. Um, they're fairly cheap. I think it's like thirty five dollars for you know, a couple hundred or maybe even 500. And they, they're they beautiful brochures. And then if you need business cards early, because everyone's going to get a Sarah practitioner membership with this class, if you need your business cards early, I'm happy to send you the link to Zazzle. I think it's $20 for 100 cards. And it'll oh, say your name, yeah. that you're an animal Reiki practitioner, have your own personal phone number, your own personal email, and you can give that out. And one thing we're really proud of with Sarah is that it is a very professional organization. We have a fairly professional site. We have very professional materials, yeah. and we want to support you as much as possible. Right. And we would, and we would like to represent Sarah uh, in a very positive, professional manner as well. 
Well, it's just so great. I mean, I just want to cry hearing that they were open to Sarah and, I mean, to Reiki, and also hearing that these other people that sent the dogs there were open to Reiki and um, were, you know, oh. knew all about it. I think that's so rare. Oh, yeah. We, we're really we're really excited about it. Very, very thrilled. Well, it's really exciting, too, because you two contacted us because you were interested in just pursuing this and going further with it. And it is really funny how Reiki just, like, well, and I think it's the animals. They just fly open the doors for us. Like, once you set your intention, this is what I really want to do, it's like the doors just fling open and opportunities happen. And, and you know, you two are proof of that. And, you know, something, you know, we the, the young lady that was just talking a little bit ago was talking about the ebb and flow. And what's interesting with Lulu, when we did our, the other exercise with her, we told her we created, you know, our, our, the space, the peaceful space with her. She was ebb and flow. She came to us, each one of us, back and forth, licked us, had a rubber head, uh, interacted with the ebb and flow type. With Reiki, uh, he was, his was, was number one, that the signs of relaxation, yawn, deep, relaxed breathing. Uh, he sounded like a little old man. Uh, uh, just, oh, you know, the, 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 the Reiki nap, it says here, that is mm-hmm. really what he did. It, it, very interesting. The little dog, uh, Lulu, was the ebb and flow type, and the big one was the just chill out, I love this. Surrender and, to it, yeah. Oh, absolutely. God, yeah, he did. And yeah. you find that a lot with animals that have had a really rough past that they once they feel that energy and know that you expect nothing of them and you're just offering yeah. this beautiful space, they really just fall into it and are so grateful because it's really the first time they've able been able to relax completely mm. in a very long time. And you yeah. can imagine how healing that is, right? Yeah, we and we actually felt that. Um, Howie and I, uh, we weren't really talking to each other. We were just doing it together and afterwards we were talking and we both said that we felt like he um said to us thank you mm-hmm. like i mean we i we really felt that yeah. and then we kind of both um would put our hands about four or five inches above his body and kind of go down and it was mm-hmm. funny because he was taking a reiki nap but every single time i would take my hand and i was like mid-body on down to, um, you know, his tail, all of a sudden he would lift his head and, like, come over and put his head in my lap. Like, mm-hmm. thank you. It was so weird. Yeah, it was great. It was really neat. Well, you can imagine, I mean, we've all had Reiki treatments, and you can imagine how that feels to him. Like, can you imagine being so stressed out and so scared and just so on your guard for days on end, oh, and then yeah. you finally yeah. get to a place where you feel trust and security and love and compassion, and you can just completely let go. I mean, that mm-hmm. has to be so incredibly wonderful for him to feel that. And and it's such a gift for us to be able to offer that, because even if we don't adopt these animals, when we can go into that that cage or apartment or whatever they're in and offer that to them, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Really huge. And then it's really exciting for you two to be able to go to the aggressive dogs and offer this. And I think I shared this before when I offered it to Katie, the 
Akita that was at the shelter where I was volunteering, and she hadn't been adopted. And I told her, and this makes me really emotional, I told her she can choose who she wants to adopt her. She doesn't have to wait for somebody to choose her. And one day I was with her after giving her Reiki for a couple weeks because she was starting to crash because it was the same thing. She'd been in there almost a year, and she was starting to crash and howl and just not doing well. And so I was working with her. She was getting better, and these people came, and they kept coming up to her apartment and looking at her, and I I, was, I saw her just look at him and just sigh and look away like it's, she was just so depressed. It doesn't matter. They'll look at me, and they won't adopt me. And I told her during our Reiki session, I said, you know, Katie, you can choose who you want to be adopted by. And so we sat there, and then the volunteers came in and said, hey, we need to take Katie out. These people want to see her. And I'm like, okay. And so she went her way, and I went my way. And when I had to go leave the shelter, I had to pass where they were meeting with Katie, and she jumped in front of me where she was with his people. And I could just hear her say, I found them. And so the next day I went back, and she was still there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what happened? And they said, oh, we have to do a home visit. And so the people ended up adopting her, and they did, you know, they always do an exit picture. And Katie was smiling, just huge smile on her face. It it was the best picture. And two years later, I saw these people at a restaurant in San Francisco, and I went up to them and told them the story. And they were like, oh, my gosh, we love Katie. She's our second Akita. Our last Akita died. She's the best dog ever. And it was just really powerful because, when we can empower those animals and say, look, you don't have to wait. You can choose the person, you know. And when they engage with that person, you know yourself, just like with the dog, you know, with Reiki that you just adopted, there's that connection. There's that hope. There's that love and, oh, my gosh, this could work. And I think that's really important for us when we go sit with these animals to say that it's okay and you can choose the people. And maybe they won't find their people, you know, but we always need to empower them and tell them they have that power to choose their own people. I think that's what he did with me when he sent me, when he told me and showed me what he'd gone through. He's like, okay, let's see if you're going to like me, if you're going to want me. Let me, let me exactly. just show you. And that's exactly what he did, and then we still accepted him, and then he, it, was, it was all different. It was, it was just on a completely different plane after that. Well, you after can imagine – I mean, he's telling other people he's sad, and other people are like, oh, he's too depressed, or oh, he's this, or oh, he's fat. Oh, yeah. And and that's not the real him at all. He's this beautiful light, but nobody's seeing it. And it took you to see it and open up. You and Wendy, like, saw immediately he needs needs something, and there was that connection. And that's so powerful. Yeah. It was neat. It was really neat. We love it already. Oh, I think that's so wonderful. I just, I love hearing those stories because, you know, animals give so much to us and we always feel like, you know, we're helping them, but they help us too. And I know that he's going to be an incredible healing dog for everybody. Oh, yeah. And and Lulu just loves him. She loves to have another dog around. Oh, that's so wonderful. It's a great fit for the, for the two four-leggedness. Oh, that's so sweet. And yeah. that's another thing, too. It's just like that he loved her. And, I mean, it's just so perfect. And I love hearing those kind of stories because there's always hope. There's always hope. And, you know, with Reiki, anything is possible. 
Yeah, and I don't mean to take up the the, the class time, but there's something that um uh, they they term called uh, uh, guardianship, and uh, he took an instant liking uh, to um, Lulu, the little Yorkie, and uh-huh. every time we would pick her up when when we met him. Uh, they call it resource guard. Oh, resource guard. Oh, re- guardian. yeah. Yeah, he, he he would come over every time with somebody would pick up. He'd come over, look at him, like put her down. That's she's mine. Give give her back. It was yeah. really cute. And, and they so they gave us information. Uh, and just in case that happened here at the home, uh, if he thought like this is mine, and he, and he would try to nip at us or something if we tried to pick her up, but we had right. none of that. And right. Really he just he sounds like what um, I have a pit bull mix, and he actually bit someone, and I thought I was going to have to put him down, but my trainer has worked with, um, like, police dogs and things, and Titus didn't give any warning when he bit our neighbor. It's just this little dog that I'm fostering was, like, yapping and upset, and so Titus just looked at the little dog and looked at our neighbor, and just without, like, no hair on his tackle, he just jumped up, bit him, and then jumped back down. It was He didn't growl. He wasn't aggressive. He just did it, and he bit him pretty badly, and thankfully our neighbor was very nice about it, let us pay for the oh. doctor bills and everything, but my trainer said he's a resource guarder and he's a protector, oh. and that's just, because he's had been attacked four different times by Labradors, you know, of all dogs, and, oh my and, and when he's laying down, because I make him lay down when another dog comes, and they've attacked him, and he will not break the skin on a dog that attacks him. He can rip a dog apart, but he won't. But he has bitten another dog, and he bit our neighbor because he was protecting. Like, he, we have another um, lab mix, Leo, and Leo got snapped at by this little dog, and Titus just went in and bit the dog and then let go. Is it this? Is and, it this? It's, you know, it could be that. And so it's it's just something that's in them. They They may not protect themselves, but they will protect their family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but we've had, fortunately, he, he hasn't done you that since we've been home with him. Yeah, and he may not. So, I mean, it just may be that he's, like, worried about Lulu and, like, oh, is she okay? Okay, you know, he's just going to be a nervous Nelly about her. Yeah, he pats her on the butt with his paw every now and then. Oh, that's so cute. It's, it, it's, really, it's really cute. Yeah, it's really cute. And and so he he's home with her now, of course, and, and so now he's not, you know, like, super defensive with her or anything like that. He just taps her on the butt with you know, when he wants to play with her. It was really cool. Oh, but the, that's with the really resource guarding, With the resource guarding for Wendy and I uh, being, you mm-hmm. know, being new to the, you know, to the shelters and stuff, uh, it, was, it was something, it was interesting. It was something new that we learned about with, with their behavior. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and that's something, too, that, that I think that is so important for us as Reiki practitioners when we're working with these animals is that we learn these things so that we know, um, you know, this this is, normal behavior and these are things to watch for and so with Titus luckily we didn't have to put him down now we're just really aware of when the little dog gets upset if people come over we put the little dog you know we hold the little dog put Titus on his leash and make sure that everything's fine it's just being aware and not setting your dog up for failure and I think that that's what happens with a lot of dogs is they're set up for failure and situations happen and like Katie she had actually been adopted and then returned because they told the man, don't let anyone get in her face, and then he did, and she snapped at somebody, so he brought her back. And it's really well, well, setting that dog up for failure, right? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's what happened. So, you know, these poor animals, and that could have been what happened to poor little Reiki, too. He was may have been set up for failure and had a really bad life because of that, because people just didn't understand his personality and how he was reacting to things. Yeah, yeah. But he's in a great home now. I just really, I'm really glad that you shared your story because I wanted everyone to hear. I thought it was just a really great example of, you know, how you will always find the perfect animal no matter what happens. I always tell my friends whose animals pass away, I always say your animal passed away, but another perfect dog is going to be there for you. And it always happens because yeah, they find you. Con- just huge connection through his profile picture. And we just had to go see him. And we did, and he's with us now. So I think that's just so wonderful. And I'm really excited to hear about your journey with this shelter and anything that oh. we can do we are really excited to help you and Wendy, you know, in any way, shape, or form. That's what Sarah is about. You know, we're just a wonderful community, and we want to see everybody succeed and be in their shelters and be supported. Because we're all doing this, and it's kind of a different thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's like Jolinda and Suzanne and Deanna, we're all experiencing. You're just kind of like, oh, I'm just doing this. I'm kind of weird and strange, and people look at me like, <laughs> But but when you're part of this community, you're part of a huge community, and that's why I love this class too, because we can all support each other and and be there for each other and say, you know what, right. and, and doing you, it. You run into somebody on the street or in the store or something like that, and and you start talking about animals or people, and you talk about Reiki, and they know about it too, or they're also practitioners. You instantly have a bond. Instantly right. have a bond with these people. Right. You know where the other person is coming from. It's an instant bond. So we're we're all different but we're the same. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you all so much for tonight. It was just a wonderful, I love these classes because none of them are the same. It's always different experiences. And thank you so much, Howie and Wendy, for sharing your story about Reiki because I think it's really important, you know, the lessons that you're going to be learning. I think they're really great for us to all share. And so I'm going to send out your lesson for Lesson 5. It's the Chanting of Choku Rei. And just really quickly, I know it's a little bit after 7, but I just want to say, when you're chanting, and I'm going to send you an example. I recorded myself chanting Chokure. It's really important for you to find your rhythm. It's really important for you to find your voice. I always encourage my students to practice in the car because nobody can hear you. You can do really loud. You can do really low. You can do whatever you want. Just practice in the car and always breathing into your hara, making that connection, and then on the out breath, Chokure, it's the vowel sound, so it's O, U, A, E, and you're going to hear it on the tape that I'm going to send you, or the MP3. And so when you chant, breathing in, O, A, E, O, A, E, and you only get out as many chants as you can in one breath. So maybe you can only do one, O, A, E, and then you have to breathe in. Or maybe you can do a couple or three, but only as many as you can complete in one breath. And then you breathe in, and then you do it again. And you can either chant for a couple minutes or even just a few times, sit in the space that you create, and then chant, and then sit. Or you can chant for a few minutes and then just sit in silence in that space. But it's a really great grounding energy that you're going to be creating with that chant. And... If you do it with animals and they act irritated, 
look to yourself and make sure that you're comfortable with your chanting because if you're not comfortable with it, the animals aren't comfortable with it. But once you get into that space and you're very comfortable, they will just relax and be in that space with you. I did a class in a cat room, and we did all three. You know, it was a level two for two days, and we did all three chants. And the cat slept through the entire thing. Because when you're in that space and you really connect to that energy of what Chokurei and Seheki and Honcha Zeishonen bring, then you really are in that space and the animals really respond to it. So I will let you all go. I'm going to send out your lesson right now. But thank you all again so much. And be sure to email me if you have any problems with the chanting. But again, like I said, I will send you an MP3 of me. And you do it at your own pace. Do it. You can do it high. You can do it low. Just find your voice and really do that chant. And remember, O-U-A-E. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Good night and have a Good wonderful night. week. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.